Good to see you today in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, grab them and turn with me to John chapter 15 as we uh, get ready to get into Scripture this morning. Scott, I forgot to ask you, if you'll grab that table for me and just center it up right here in the middle on the floor and give me enough room to stand behind it, I will appreciate it. How's everybody doing this morning at 9 o'clock? Everybody good? It's good to see you today, and uh, I just, as you're turning to John chapter 15, I, uh, I just want to share with you, some of you heard us share this on social media this week, some of you uh, heard us share it on Wednesday night, but um, I just want to say thank you for an incredible Easter season around here. Uh, for a couple of weeks, uh, we just had just a tremendous time in the presence of the Lord in a variety of services and events, and uh, you guys did an amazing job showing up and serving and participating and worshiping and inviting friends and family. And uh, last Sunday, we set a new all-time one-day attendance record in the history of our church of 61, uh, two years history of our church. Last Sunday, we had 499 people here for Easter Sunday. So will you, will you give yourselves a hand for that? Now, here's what I was most excited about Monday morning as I began to think about the Easter season and everything that happened over a couple of weeks. Honestly, that was pretty cool to have 499. I I was excited about that, but I was more excited of the weekly rhythm of life and and just, I've been a part of churches at times where you, you needed Easter to make you feel like you were doing something. But Easter is just a part of the groove that we're in and uh, at this time and at this season in the life of our church, God is doing some pretty awesome things. And uh, it's, it's just one more thing in, in, the, in our schedule and one more thing that we do. And uh, we've got a lot of great things going on in the life of our church. One thing next Sunday I want to mention, it was in the video announcements, but if you would be interested or somebody in your family would be interested in water baptism, we're going to do that next Sunday. So see me or Pastor Kevin or Pastor Josh And as of today, we are three weeks away from Love Your City Sunday. That's coming up on the screen. If you've not registered yet, we need you to register. On this day, we are going to not have church at 9 and 11. We're going to be the church from 9 through however long the morning. We're going to gather together that morning. We're going to have a little rally here. And then we're going to hit our community. And we're going to serve our community in a variety of ways and we've never done anything like this before. I don't really know exactly uh, how it all is going to go. But I've told myself this is our first time ever doing it. So we have a lot of room for error and improvement. And the most important thing is we're getting out there and we're going to serve our community. And I was in touch with more people this week, more needs coming. And, uh, and so I hope you're going to be a part of this day. Make sure you've registered. We, we need you to register. You can't wait till the last minute. Because uh, we need to be able to know where we can put you uh, so that when we get here that morning, we can just jump right in and get going. All right, so let's look together this morning at John chapter 15. I'm going to read the first eight verses here, and I'm reading this morning from the NIV. These are the words of Jesus. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." If you guys can help me back there, I got a little bit of a ring up here. I don't know if y'all hear it, but I hear it up here, and and that'll help my ears a little bit. 
This morning we're going to finish up a series we've been in for five weeks called the I Am Statements of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful today for another opportunity we have to come together. And God, we're thankful for your word that you have given to us that we can find hope and instruction and direction, God, for our lives. And I pray today that as we unpack this last statement, Jesus, that your words would come alive in this place. Lord Jesus, exactly what you intended to say in that moment, you say in this. And so I pray you would anoint me and speak through me. May this word find good soil, deep root, and produce an amazing harvest. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if I asked you to list some of the things that you find the most frustrating or annoying in life, what would come to the top of that list? I'll give you a second to think about that, and then I'm going to give you some examples, and we're going to kind of test the room this morning. So um, you're, you guys are thinking and smiling. You, you've got some ideas. We'll see if yours are going to be here on the screen, but, but play along this morning. If this thing to you is super frustrating I want you to raise your hand up as we go through it if this thing is uh, uh, somewhat frustrating give me about right here chest high and if it's not frustrating just leave your hands down okay so here we go the first one drivers who drive slow in the left lane where are we at on that that's everybody in the room look at all you fast drivers in here I see you all right here's the next one long boring unproductive meetings you know what's bad is when you're leading one of those. <laughs> I've done that too many times, I'm afraid. What about the next one? When somebody mispronounces or misspells your word, word your, your, your name, I'm getting ahead of myself. It's Woodard, not Woodward. My hand is up real high. Anybody have one of those names that people get wrong all the time? What about this one? Airline baggage fees. I don't know how many of you fly a lot, but if you do, that is super annoying when you think you've got a good price and then it gets even worse. What about this one? You get a brand new clothes, shirt, whatever, you spill something on. Where's the spillers at? Okay, I see you. I see you. We got some spillers in the room. That's really annoying. What else have we got? People who don't know how to use there, there, and there. Okay, we're, we're not going to give a lesson on that. And this one is even worse. And we are going to give a lesson on this, okay? You've got your pizza, it's yours, you own it, it's yours. And then your pizza, you are pizza, you are the pizza, okay? Everybody just learned something about that, okay? Here's the next one. Out of order ATMs, okay? You need cash and you can't get cash, okay? What else we got? Undisciplined children. Okay, wow, that got it, that got it. And I know the teacher's hands are up this morning. And the very last one, hang on just a second, Jack. I, this was just on one of the surveys, okay? So don't be offended if you're here with this on today. But somebody said one of the most frustrating things in life to them is Crocs. <laughs> All right, I, I don't know, but I just, I read that, that that was... One of somebody's most frustrating things, okay? They are super comfortable. Um, God bless you if, you if you wear those, okay? Now, for me, at the top of my list, how many of you would say this is the top of your list? No Wi-Fi, no connection. You, you can't get a good signal. And, and I'm going to tell you, that is one of my most frustrating things. Anybody would say that that's pretty frustrating to you. I think for all of us, it probably is on some level if you do work or you do business, or you do entertainment, or you do news, or weather, or sports, or anything, you don't really realize 
how much you rely on the internet and the connection to, to the internet until you don't have the internet. There's been days that the internet has gone out, gone out in the office. I knew it was out. And I still turn around to my computer and start trying to look. And I'm like, you dummy, you can't get to the internet. And so a lack of connection can be very, very frustrating. But when we talk about personal relationships and connectivity between us and family and friends and people we love and people we care about, when there's a lack of connection, that, that means even more than, than the lack of Wi-Fi. Especially if there's a person in your life that you've been very connected to, and then you lose that connection. It can almost produce loneliness and, and hopelessness in you because you miss having that connection. Well, in our text in John chapter 15, we're back in a familiar place. We're back in the room. The Passover is being celebrated by Jesus and his disciples the night before he goes into the cross. This is the very same place where we were two weeks ago in our series when we unpacked I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in this room, Jesus knows what's coming. He knows he's about to be betrayed. He knows he's about to be arrested. He knows there's going to be a trial. He knows he's going to be crucified. He knows he's about to die. And this daily connection that he's had with his disciples for three years this friendship he's developed with these men is about to change drastically and so knowing that he tells them and and he unpacks our final I am statement when he says I am the true vine so for five weeks now, we've been unpacking these I am statements of Jesus. And what we've said is that in the book of John, there are seven I am statements of Jesus. And each of those statements, Jesus leads up to them. He doesn't just say them, but he leads up with a miracle or a teaching or some specific interaction. And all of these are meant to take this one statement that a first century Jewish Jewish audience would be super familiar with the statement of I am they would hear him say I am and they would immediately connect that to Exodus 3 14 when God spoke to Moses and said I am who I am so Jesus says I'm going to take that statement and I'm going to unpack it and and unpack it in ways that that you can really be familiar with. Everyday objects, everyday things you're familiar with that, that will help you to be able to know what I'm talking about. So in John chapter 6, week 1, we learned that Jesus said, say it with me, I am the bread of life. Okay. In week, chapter, week 2, John chapter 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. In week 3, John chapter 10, Jesus says, we got a two for one that day, I am the door or I am the gate. And then he says, I am the good shepherd. And then the passage that we're talking about this morning, uh, the same night, the same room, uh, John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then last Sunday we looked at the I am statement from John chapter 11 when Jesus says, and we use it on Easter Sunday as I am the resurrection and the life. And Jesus' last I am statement. This is the last one in order that he says. And I think it's interesting that, it, that this is the last one he shares. The last statement he makes, he says, I am the true vine. Now I think you notice when you look at these statements. You know, you, you hear this statement in, in Exodus. God says, I am who I am. And that's... It's powerful, but, it, but it's pretty broad, right? And you're almost like, what does that mean? But Jesus comes along, God in the flesh, and he says, okay, I'm God with skin on, and I'm going to show you some day-to-day -day stuff. Like you know about bread, and you know about light, and you know about truth, and, and you pass the shepherd's gate and his job every week. I'm going to show you some things that you see every day that, that once I'm gone, you're going to look at that sheep pen, and you're going to look at that piece of bread. And you're going to look at that light. And you're going to remember a statement that I made about myself. I am, he says now, the true vine. 
And so as Jesus begins to unpack this last statement, there, there are two things I think that he wants his disciples to see. He wants them, he's saying to them, this is what I want you to know about me as the true vine. And this is what I want you to do with that knowledge that I'm the true vine. And he says the same thing to us, okay? So everything we're going to talk about today obviously is applicable to us. As Jesus says, this is what I want you to do with this knowledge. And this is what I want you, this is what I want you to know with this knowledge. And this is what I want you to do. So let's begin with what does Jesus want them to know, okay? So let's look at the verse again, all right? It's coming up on the screen. If you've got your Bibles, look at it. John 15, again, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it'll be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So Jesus wants them to know something about himself, something about the Father, and something about themselves. Okay, What does Jesus want them to know? Number one, he wants them to know, I am the true vine. Okay, That's obvious because that's the very first thing he says. But it's interesting to note that this statement sounds a lot like the other statements. Because we've said throughout this series, Jesus says, I'm not a light, I'm not a way, I'm not a truth, I'm not, you know, a good shepherd, I'm not a door, I am what? The bread, the light, the way, the truth, the life, the gate, the resurrection, the good shepherd. I am the, it's it. Shut the book, that's the end, okay? But now he slides another word in here and he says, I am the true vine, okay? So take a look at this. He, he gives an example, the visual example that they can understand. They can wrap their brain around this example of this vine. And he says, look, I am the true vine. Which to me means that Jesus is saying, look, there's a lot of other things that are going to come after me that you can connect to. But I'm the true vine. I'm the only vine that you should be connected to. I'm the only place where you're going to find life. Because I've already told you just five minutes ago... In the same conversation, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But I am the true vine, okay? I am your source, okay? Here's the second thing he wants them to know, okay? I'm the true vine. My father is the gardener, okay? So now God the father comes into the conversation. He says, okay, God has something to do with this as well. And he gives this illustration. He takes this example of, of the vine, and he pushes it in a way that, that they can understand and we can understand. So look at this image, okay? He begins to talk about how, how Jesus, how God as the, the gardener prunes and, and cuts. And at this time of year, it's spring. How many of you have been working on your yard the last few weeks? You know, winter's over, so now we're, we're, we're taking down the old limbs and the trees and we're cutting back the crepe myrtles and all the things that we do at this time of year or some of those things we do in the fall of the year that get ready for this time of year. But, but this illustration, it's amazing to me. This is why sometimes we give the excuse, Scripture's too hard to understand. No, it's not. You're just not stopping to think. This is easy to understand. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches, my Father is the gardener. And look what he says in this verse, in verse 2, about the Father. He says, okay, here's what the Father as the gardener does. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. Okay, How many of you have ever done this before in your yard? You see a branch or a part of a tree and it's, it's dying, it's dead, it's hanging out. And you're like, this thing is not coming back. I had hopes for it, didn't do what I wanted to do. So you cut it off and get rid of it. But if you see that this, this plant, this bush, this tree is doing well, you prune it back so that it can be more fruitful. 
and it'll come back even stronger. Does everybody see this? Pretty simple to understand, okay? Jesus says, number one, I want you to know I'm the true vine. Number two, I want you to know my father is the gardener. And here's the third thing he says I want you guys to know. I want you to know you are nothing without us. Okay, wow, Jesus, that's a little strong. That's a little arrogant. What if you're, you walked in tomorrow and your boss said he wanted to meet with you and, and, and he or she said, I just want you to know, um, uh, you know, we're okay without you. You know, we really don't you need you. What if I stood up here this morning and I said, this church is nothing without me. And nobody better pull that and, and put it anywhere, <laughs> just that one line. Man, y'all, y'all can't do nothing without me. I'm, I'm the best there's ever been. Man, how cocky and arrogant would that be? There's no humility in that at all. But Jesus comes along and he says, Look, I'm the true vine. My father's the gardener. And you guys ain't jack without me. You guys have got to have me. Now, how does he say this? Look at it. Look at the verse. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you guys can do what? Nothing. You can't do anything apart from me. And in this, in this passage, he gives us some examples of what we're not. If we're not connected to the vine, first of all, he says, number one, you're not clean. Okay, You're not clean if you're not connected to me. So in verse 3, he said, you are already what? You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Now that word in the Greek is translated logos, which is the exact same word we find at the beginning of John. When John writes, in the beginning was the word, the logos, and the word was with God and the word was God. The same who was with God from the beginning. So Jesus is saying, you're already clean because I am the living word. You've been around me for three years. And because of all the words I've been teaching you, the Father's been pruning you for three years. During this process, the Father has been working on you. So you guys are in good shape. I mean, they're, they're about to really drop the ball, which kind of gives us an encouragement because we know what they're going to do over the next few hours. But, but Jesus looks at them and says, you guys are clean. But if we're not connected to the true vine He says, you're not clean. Number two, you're not fruitful if you're not connected to the true vine. He says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. That's why, very obvious illustration, you have a branch or a limb or a vine that's a part of something you're you're wanting to see fruit or flowers from, and if it does not produce, you get rid of it. And you cut it off, and you're not expecting it to lay over in the pile, and suddenly you see a flower or a, or a lemon come out of it. That would be a miracle. It's not going to happen because no branch can bear fruit by itself. And if you don't remain in the vine, he says, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Okay? So you're not clean. You're not fruitful. And look at this last one. He says, you're not alive. If you're not connected to me, you are dead. Look at If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers, and such branches are picked up and thrown into fire and burned. Very obvious illustration, okay? So if I've, got, if I've got these branches that I've picked up, okay? These branches are, first of all, you note they're very what? Very dry. They're very brittle, okay? They're, they're easy to break because there's no life in them. Because at one time, they were green, they were healthy, there were leaves coming out of them. They produced what they were supposed to produce, but they fell off from the tree. And so now, easily, that's just not because I'm so strong. It's because this piece of wood's so dead, right? The wood's dead because it's not connected to the life source, And God and Jesus use a very clear illustration here to say, look, if you don't remain in me, you're like a branch. If you don't stay tight to me, you're like a branch that dries up and gets brittle and such branches are thrown in the fire. And you know what those are good for? They're good for starting a fire. That's about it. They'll get a good fire started, but all that wood right there in about three minutes will be gone because it's so dry, right? I mean, it's good for that. But really, that's about it. And, and, and God says, Jesus says here, look, if you don't say connected to me, 
You're not clean, you're not fruitful, and you're not alive. So Jesus wants them to know, I'm the true vine. My father is the gardener. And apart from me, you are nothing. You're, you're nothing if you're not connected to us. And then there's a verse that hangs out at the very beginning of chapter 16. He tells them why he's so strong and what he's teaching. Look at what he says. He says, I've told you all this so that you will not fall away. I know what's coming. And there is a chance that you're going to get disconnected to me and wind up dead and brittle and broken and away from the source. And I've told you all this, guys, because I do not want you to fall away. Okay? So that's what he wanted them to know. Okay? So what does he want them to do with all this information? Okay? What, what do you want us to do, Jesus? Okay? So let's look at the passage again. All right? And I'm going to read all eight verses again. We're going to get very familiar with this passage this morning. And as we read it, I want you to see if you can figure out what Jesus wants them to do. We're looking for one word, okay? So when I finish reading these eight verses, you should be able to give me one word that tells us what Jesus wants them to do. Here we go. He says, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. It should be very obvious. What does Jesus want them to do? One word he wants them to Remain. Good job. You guys got it. He says what? Remain in me. Very clear. Eight times the word remain is used right there. Now in your Bible, it may be the word abide, or it may say live in me, or it may say stay joined to me. But Jesus is saying, I want you to stay connected to me. This is key because he's about to leave. This daily interaction, the daily grind of having a relationship with Jesus every day. A God that you can touch, feel, that you're having a meal with, you're, you're, you're in the same bunk with. He's about to leave, but he's saying, look, I'm leaving, but you must remain. Now, the Greek word right there that's used for remain is the word meno. And that word means to remain or abide. But when you get a little bit deeper in the meaning, it means, it's talking about a place. It's saying, do not depart from a specific place. Continue to be present, be held, be kept, be continual. So Jesus is saying, I want you to remain, be present, stay connected to me, stay continually held by me, stay and abide and be close to me, okay? Look at this vine again. He's, he's given them this, this example. Okay, I'm the vine, you're the branches. I want you to stay connected to me. I want you to stay connected to what I've taught you. Stay connected to my words. Stay connected to my spirit. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to be arrested, but remain in me. I'm going to be put on trial, but remain in me. I'm going to be beaten, but remain in me. I'm going to be crucified, but remain in me. I'm going to be buried, but remain in me. I am going to rise from the dead, but remain in me. I'm going to appear to you and then disappear, but remain in me. You're going to watch me go and ascend back to heaven, but remain in me. I'm going to tell you to go to the upper room and do what? Remain in me. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can remain in me. You're going to be arrested, but remain in me. You're going to be put on trial, but remain in me. You're going to be persecuted, but remain in me. You 11 boys, you you will give your lives for the gospel, but remain in me. Such a vital word that, that Jesus is saying to them about what's to come. 
So the question I have to ask, because I'm very practical in my thinking, is okay, we get that. But what does that look like practically? Practically, A, B, C, I'm a one, two, three kind of guy. I like, I, give me three points and a cloud of dust. That's what I need something I can wrap my brain around. So Jesus, what does that look like to remain in me? It all comes down to the very thing, I believe, that if you look at any relationship that you have in your life, the closest relationships you have, if it's with your spouse or a friend or a boyfriend, girlfriend, if it's with a, uh, uh, your children or, or, or a close family connection, all of those connections that you have are close because of one word, time. You have to spend time with those people. Think about it. The people in your life that you are closest to, it's because you spend time with them. It's because you, you live with them. You're, you're closest with your spouse because you spend time with your spouse. And, and you know, when you and your spouse aren't connected, what do you say? We need to go out and spend some time together. We need, we need a date night, okay? We need to, we need to reconnect, okay? The closest that you have with your children and with friends, some of your best friends, it's because of what? It's because of time. And here's the thing, when it comes to remaining in Him, there is no shortcut. I will say the same thing you've heard, y'all have been in church your whole life. The only way you remain in Him is time in prayer, time in worship, and time in that book. That's it. There's no secret. I'm not going to pull something out of the hat. There's not one more thing in the box to pull out to say, hey, this is it, y'all. This is the very thing we've never told you about. It all comes down to time. Pastor, I'm so busy. I don't have time. I don't really have time to pray. I don't really have time to read the Word. I really don't have time to worship. You don't know my schedule, Pastor. I don't know your schedule. But here's what I know, and, I, and I'll blame Craig Rochelle for this. So I'll quote him. You can get mad at him, not me. But this is, this is really good. Look at this. Pastor Craig says, you have time for what you choose to have time for. The solution is not more time. The solution is more of what matters most. Okay, so let's push that a little bit further. One more thing. Watch this. And the reason why most of us don't have time for what matters most is we're mindlessly spending our lives on what doesn't matter. Okay? Now, let's all, let's all get ready to be in the altar, okay? All of us who are smartphone people and computer people. Because how quickly can time get away? All right? You've been in the bathroom for two hours. Are you sick? No. I just got caught on YouTube. I didn't have time to pray today. I didn't have time to read today. I don't want y'all to throw anything at me. But I had time for what I made time for. And I, I think the word in that quote that jumped out at me when I heard that this week is mindlessly. Because we mindlessly, we don't even think about it. We mindlessly stay connected to all these other things and no wonder we, our lives and our joy and our hope is like a bunch of dead, dry sticks because we're not connected to the true vine. We're connected to all these other things, but these things don't fill us up. At the end of the day, it it's just simply has to be time spent in the Word, time spent in worship, and time spent in prayer. But let me help you this morning and let you know that that looks different for everybody, okay? Because some of you think, I've never spent an hour in the prayer closet, in prayer. Well, I'm going to tell you, guess what? That's okay, because there are, there's probably somebody beside you. That's the way they connect with God. All of us connect with God differently based on how God made us. The key is that we remain the way God connected us to remain. Now, for example, okay, and I'm just going to hit this real quick. Maybe you'll, you'll order it on Amazon as we're talking about it. No, wait till the sermon's over. But there's a book out there called uh, Sacred Pathways by Dr. Gary Thomas. And, and this book is about all the different ways that you can connect to God based on the type of person you are. 
based on your personality and the way God hardwired you. And Tressel was telling me that a couple of years ago, and, and some of you ladies will remember at the ladies' retreat, y'all went through this and talked about these different ways. Look at this. And I'm just going to hit these real quick. There, there's all these different ways that you can connect with God. You may be, it may be you're a naturalist or, a, or it's sensates. It may be a traditionalist, aesthetics, activists, caregivers, enthusiasts, contemplatives, intellectuals. I'm not going to go through all the details of those. But basically what that book is saying is that all of us are hardwired different ways. And for the naturalist, it might be that I'm walking out in the woods. I'm, I'm, I am uh, I'm out on, on the boat in a lake. And that's how I connect with God. For the traditionalists, they like uh, the traditional um, church, the way the routines of church and the rhythms of, of, of communion and the rhythms of, of the different elements that, that, that church brings that allows them to, to, to connect to God. The activist says, the way I connect to God is I stand up for the rights of, of the unborn baby or I stand up for uh, traditional marriage or whatever. It, the intellectuals can spend hours in the Word of God thinking and, and reading. The contemplatives are those who just love to spend time in prayer, thinking about the things of God. The enthusiasts, you know who they are. They're the loudest in church on Sundays. They're clapping, they're singing, they're worshiping, their hands are up. We're all wired different, right? So the key, again, is if I'm going to remain in Him, there's no secrets. It's going to be prayer, worship, and the Word. But I may get there differently depending upon how God has hardwired me but at the end of the day what God calls us to throughout this book and you've heard me say this a lot God wants us and this is what Jesus is calling us to we need to stay connected to the word of God the worship of God the house of God and the people of God I can take you in scripture and show you multiple examples why it is important that we stay connected to all of those things. One of the ways is a part of our church that you can find out how you can be a part of the life of our church is to, to go through the growth track. And next Sunday, the, the next round of the growth track starts. And if you're not a member or you're new to our church and you want to know how do I get connected to the vine that's Rinkin Church of God, to the, I'm sorry, the branch that's Rinkin Church of God that connects to the true vine, then show up at 9 o'clock next Sunday over in the Life Center. You can register online or just show up at 9. And you'll go through four weeks of us sharing, this is who we are as a church. This is what we believe. This is how you can grow and stay connected to the vine and, and how you can serve. So, so that's just a little plug of how you can stay connected here. But again, looking at that illustration that we've looked at this morning, looking at that picture, again, the vine gives us this example, this living, breathing example. We can wrap our brains around about how important it is and what it looks like for us to stay Connected. What does remain in me look like practically? In Galatians, Paul says it's when we walk by the Spirit. In Thessalonians, he says it's when we rejoice always, pray continually, we give thanks in all circumstances. In Colossians, he says we are connected to the vine when we set our minds on things above, not things on this earth. And then I thought about this verse on Friday and I was like, wow, this verse goes so well. An Old Testament verse that is a true vine verse. Watch this. In Psalm 91, and this was this was like the verse that first six months or so of COVID. I think so many people went to this verse in the spring and summer of 2020. But look at what the psalmist says. Whoever dwells Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now watch this. That word dwells, the Hebrew word that's there for the word dwells is the word yashab. And guess what it means? It's the same word. It means to remain, to sit or to abide. So go back to that verse again, Jack. And here's what the psalmist is saying. Whoever abides, sits, dwells, stay connected to the shelter of the Most High. And Jesus comes along and he says in the New Testament, that's me. I'm the true vine. Can rest in the shadow 
of the Almighty. There is rest, there is comfort, there is restoration when we stay connected to the true vine. Amen? And so what that means for us is that when I stay connected, that I understand this. I understand remaining in Him means this. You're going to face disappointment in life, but He says, remain in me. You're going to have prayers that won't be answered the way you prayed them. But he says, remain in me. You're going to have questions that you never get answered. But he says, remain in me. You're going to go through some deep, dark valleys. But he says, remain in me. You're going to have loss, tragedy, death, and disappointment. But he says, stay tied in, stay close, abide, remain, stay connected to the true vine. Amen? All right, so let's wrap it up with this. Give me some music, guys. So one final thing I want you to see in this. We've talked about, okay, what did Jesus want them to know? What did Jesus want them to do? Now here's the results of what happens when we stay connected to the true vine. When we when we do what we said this morning, when we remain in Him, watch this, okay? Number one, when you remain in Him, you'll stay connected to the Father. Because He said the Father is the gardener. So when I stay connected to the true vine, the result is I'm connected to God Almighty. I'm connected to the true vine, the I am, but through the I am, the true vine, I'm connected to I am who I said I am. Yahweh, capital L-O-R-D, Jehovah, the great and almighty God. Okay, you see that? That's good. Here's the second thing that happens. When I remain in Him, not only will I stay connected to the Father, I'll be cleansed by the Word. Remember when He told His disciples, you are clean because of the word so when I remain in him anybody know that when you read this word it's like taking a daily bath right anybody ever have the word just kind of clean all the gunk out of you like you're reading you're like I, yeah I see your Holy Spirit you're saying there's some gunk build up there's some junk build up there's more of me than you in me and the word just has a way of cleansing and cleaning all the stuff out from us and that's one reason why the devil says to you I don't have time to read the word because he knows if you open the word you're gonna take a bath You'll be cleansed by the Word. Here's the third thing that'll happen. You'll be bearing much fruit. You'll bear much fruit. Okay? He said, let's see if you were listening, apart from me you can do what? Okay? So is there any fruit, flowers, leaves coming off of those? No. Okay? How many of you know that I cannot bear the fruit of the Spirit if I'm not connected to the vine? I can't have love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control when I'm disconnected from the vine. Anybody ever notice that when your prayer life suffers and your time in the Word suffers, that your fruit dries up? You're less patient, you're less gentle, you're less kind, you have less self-control. It kind of hit me this morning as I was reviewing this. I'm like, okay, take a step back and think about our culture. Our culture, we have a culture that is devoid of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen? Why is our culture devoid of these fruits? Because we're not connected to the true vine. And that's why the enemy tries so hard to get us disconnected. Because he knows if we'll stay connected, we will what? You'll bear much fruit. Here's the fourth result. Look at this. You'll pray spirit-led prayers. Okay. Now there's this one verse in here. Oh boy, we could spend weeks unpacking this. But look at it. We'll just hit it real quick. Jesus said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, this is a tough verse because we're sitting here thinking, I'm, I've remained and I've prayed for some things, and those God didn't answer the way I prayed them. 
But I remember a prayer that Jesus made who was connect, the vine was connected to the gardener. And the night before he goes to the cross, he says, Lord, if there's any chance I can get out of this, let me get out. But not your will, but mine. So whenever I'm connected to the Father, I pray Spirit-led prayers. Because I'm connected, I'm not going to be praying, okay, and y'all know this, this is 9 o'clock, y'all, y'all, y'all the A-team, all right? I know, <laughs> whatever you wish. So you're not praying for a Tesla. You get that, right? But there are those things we're praying about. Your Lord, you could, at least, you could at least do this. And God says, hang on. But see, when I'm connected to the vine, the Holy Spirit helps me to pray those prayers that I should pray because what? I'm connected to the vine, okay? All right? Let's look at the next one. If I remain in Him, I'll bring glory to the Father. And everybody will see that I'm a disciple of Christ. He says to them, boys, when you stay connected to me, I'm going to leave. But your lives are going to be glory. They're going to bring glory to the Father because people will know you are my disciples. The book of Acts said that when those boys started turning Jerusalem upside down, people looked around and they said, the quote was, I can tell they've been with Jesus. Oh God, that we would have that type of connection, church. That people in our jobs and in our communities, in our families would look at us, even with all of our stuff, and say, I can tell they've been with Jesus. Anybody, that would be like the greatest compliment anybody could ever pay to you. Oh, absolutely, wouldn't it be to somebody to say, I can tell that person has been with Jesus. And here's the last one. If you remain in me, watch this. You'll access all I am as the great I am. Let that sink in a minute. Jesus says, when you stay connected to me, you're going to access all that I am because I am the Word made flesh. So I'm not just I am. I am I am who I said I am. I am God in a bod. I am God walking around. So when you access me, you're going to access all those things. So he says, that's why I said that when you, when you access me, here's what's going to happen. He says, you're going to have access to the bread of life. And when you eat of me, you will hunger and thirst no more, he says. John chapter 6. Then he says, listen. You connect with me, then you are going to experience the light of the world. And I'm going to lead your path. I'm going to direct your path. And you will not walk, nor will you live in darkness. He says, I am the door, which means I am full access to the presence of God. And I am the good shepherd. And I am not a magician, so I couldn't figure out a way to put this in the box. But I am the good shepherd. And when you get behind the good shepherd, he's going to lead you and guide you and direct you exactly where you want, where he wants you to go. Amen? All right, where am I at? Then he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Oh boy, didn't we talk about it last week? That those dead things in my life, those dead things in my life, I can take off those grave clothes because He is the resurrection and the life because I am connected to the great I Am. Amen? And then, the true vine. When I'm connected to the true vine, then guess what? As I am connected to the true vine, there's life, there's green, there's... Uh, Life, okay, no other way to say it. Right there I am. I'm connected to Him. And so there's life that comes from that connection. All that I am, I have access to because I'm connected to the bread of life, the light of the world, the gate, the door, the way, the truth. I forgot the way, the truth, and the life, y'all. I knew I'd forget one of these. I got too many boxes going on around and I've got an illustration over there I forgot. So I am going to do that. I, I paid a lot of money. Y'all paid a lot of money for that tree. I didn't. The church did. 
I'm going to show you that in a minute. Hang on. What did we say? I'm just going to, we're having fun. Was, it, was anybody remember? This was the way, the truth, or the life. Which one was this? This was the what? The truth. Thank you. Somebody listen. Go down to Pastor Josh. will give you a sucker. He's the truth because I can measure everything by that, right? Okay. All right. You with me? Got all my stuff out here? All right. I forgot this while ago. This is practice for second service, right? All right. So here we go. Worship team, you guys can come on in. I see you, David Long. You, you want this, don't you, man? This is one of David Long's favorite, favorite trees right here. All right? Bushes, vines, whatever it is. What is it? Mandevella. That's right. Mandevella. So, think about it. The vine. In this Mandevella, there's all types of vines that are crawling all around those those couple of sticks that are in there that'll get that plant to grow and and we'll we'll plant it over the office and it'll look great. But if I take a if, say I take a spot right here, well this spot looks like it needs to be what pruned because it's doing what it's dying because it fell. It was behind my office and I saw it on the ring camera. It fell. But if I take a spot that's alive. And I'm going to try to pick a, a spot that I don't want to cut a flower off. But if I find a spot in here that's, uh, that's alive and I cut part of this vine out, here's the thing you notice. When I touch that part of that vine right there that I've cut, it's wet and it's sticky. Because there's what there? Life. There's life there. But now there's not. Because I have separated it from the source. It'll die up. It'll die. And, you know, next Sunday we bring that piece out. It's going to be brown. We can put it in our pile. Why? Because it's separated from the vine. What Jesus says, remain in me and you will bear much fruit. Remain in me. You'll stay connected to the Father. Remain in me. You'll be cleansed by the Word. You'll pray Spirit-led prayers. You'll bring glory to the Father. And all that we've said throughout this series and all that we've unpacked is yours because you're connected to the great I Am. Amen? Let's stand together this morning. Lord, we thank You today for Your Word we thank you today, today Jesus, for um, how illustrative that you were in your teaching in ways that we can just wrap our brains around it. We can understand it, Lord. And we thank you today, Jesus, that um, you call us to remain in you and all the things that you want to do in our lives. We thank you for all those things that are we have access to when we stay connected to you. So Lord, as we come and look at our hearts today and our lives today, we pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us and reveal those things in our lives where we may be disconnected, where we're not remaining in you. God, that we would turn those things over to you. In Jesus' name we pray. In his teaching, when Jesus was talking about one of these I am statements, he adds in that when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he says, there's a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And what does the thief want to steal, kill, and destroy? Your connection to the true vine. He wants to take a pair of scissors like I just did and disconnect you. So this morning, the question I have to ask you is, how are you connected? Is there an area in your life where you need to step up and you need to remain more in connection with Him? Or possibly there's somebody here today who say, says, Pastor, I am completely disconnected from God and I need to make a decision today for Christ to make that connection 
and to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Look, you don't have to understand it all to be able to make that choice. None of us here today understand it all. There's a lot of faith that we do in this, in this walk. But is there anybody here in the room this morning who would raise your hand and say, Pastor, will you pray with me this morning? I am out of connection with Jesus, the true vine. And I want to pray to get back in relationship with Him and back in connection with Him. Anybody this morning, thank you. I'd see two hands. Any other hands this morning say, will you pray for me today? I, I'm just, I'm out of connection. And I need to remain in Him. I, I'm not in that relationship that I need to be with Him. I want us to pray together this morning. And even if you didn't raise your hand, you can pray this prayer with us today. And I want to ask us all to pray this prayer together out loud. A prayer that says, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm inviting you into my life because I need to be connected to you. Without you, I am nothing. Let's pray this prayer together today. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he took my sins to the cross. I believe that He died in my place. I believe that He rose to life. I would like to accept Him now as my Savior and follow Him as Lord. From this day forward, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God praise today for those who prayed that prayer this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you prayed that prayer this morning, as you leave, you can grab a little black bag on the way out. It's for guests, and it's for people who just made a decision for Christ. And in it, there's a little book that will help you kind of walk through your faith, and I would encourage you to show up and be a part of the growth track next week. I want us to close with this song that for all of us here today, I'm sure, I, I tell you, as I studied this and went through this this week, there were definitely things in my life where the Lord said, look, here's some areas where you need to do a better job connecting and remaining. And in response to what the Lord has said to us today, can we sing this song a little bit this morning? And just where whatever it is that you need, whatever it is He's saying to you today, can we communicate that to Him today through this song? Lord, we need you. We need to remain in you. We need to be connected to you. We need to abide in you. Let's say this together. Lord, I need you. Oh, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour.
bread of life, light of the world, the door, the good shepherd, the way, the truth, and the life, the resurrection and the life, and the true vine. Lord, we need you. Great I am, we need you. We pray today that this message that we've heard over these last six weeks would resonate in our hearts, would go with us and cause us, Jesus, to walk closer to you than ever before, that we will remain in you as you remain in us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being in worship today. We love you. We'll see you back here Wednesday night for Family Ministries Night. Have a great afternoon. Thank you.